Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Thursday the 16th of September. Today I'm joined by Gabby Carzer, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Gabby. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Peter. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Excited to have you back uh, on the uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, no problem at all. So, um, so we are actually going to do something almost unprecedented, <laughs> um, which is just to talk about one story. Um, because what happened today was so normally, as normal, um, what we do is um, before the before this podcast, we have a, a bit of a chat on um on zoom um but we but it was just one story today but it's fascinating and it's got so many different threads to it as well so why don't you introduce this uh, what we're going to talk about today from watson's daily yeah sure i'd love to so um i was interested in the inditex story today so um inditex has been performing much better than um brands such as h&m and it although it might have seemed like a small story on watson's daily i'm i actually controversially i'm going to disagree with something that um peter wrote today which i've never <gasps> oh my god i know oh i my know god. i hope everyone's sitting down when they're listening <laughs> to this i mean you know but anyway sorry i've i've never done it before on the podcast but since i've been here <laughs> a few times now I feel like I finally have the confidence to say you're wrong um and um the bit that I disagree with that Peter wrote is he said that Intertex's secret weapon was its integrated stock system and I won't disagree that that's probably helpful but we have to forgive Peter here because he's not on TikTok but actually I'm gonna say <laughs> that Intertex's secret weapon in it's the reason that it's been outperforming H&M and some other rival brands is actually TikTok now I also don't have TikTok myself but I've got very um fashion savvy sisters that have informed me of um the the rise of fashion halls on TikTok and um, I explained a little bit about hall culture to um, um, to Peter earlier but I'll just explain it to those of you who don't know um, mm. but recently with with TikTok and with Instagram Reels which is their, their feature that's trying to rival TikTok there's been a massive growth in the number of fashion halls on the platform so that's when people create you know videos that are between 15 and 60 seconds long of many different outfit changes so they might have a theme at the moment maybe something like Halloween outfit ideas or um, Christmas outfit ideas or things that your girlfriend might want to wear things like that and you have lots of transitions with within one video so rather than one or two outfits you're actually seeing more like six or seven across mm. 30 seconds right and so you can really see how this fits in nicely with the fast fashion model of getting people to just over consume and keep buying into new trends and, and really increase um, consumer spending um, and I was intrigued um but I wanted to have a look myself uh, on TikTok and see what the difference was between the hashtags. So I had a look at um, H&M Hall and how many views that has. And that hashtag only has a mere 12.3 million views. <laughs> um, and in comparison, Zara Hall has 1.3 billion. So I think it's fair that's to say... A, that is just... Um, that I know. is incredible. I mean, that's the thing. So we've got to sort of pause a minute just yeah. to take in how massive that is i mean yeah that is incredible isn't it yeah absolutely huge difference i mean i've got to say i was quite excited that my hypothesis was correct to that degree <laughs> um, yeah. um 
And I did have a look because um, Peter, you know, challenged me a little bit on our earlier Zoom call and asked, well, how have some other brands done like ASOS and Bershka? So I had a quick look before um, we launched with this podcast. And ASOS Hall has 91.7 million. So much closer to Zara, but Zara is still willing, uh, winning there. And Bershka Hall had 140 million. Um, mm. So I, I do think it, it's interesting that we see Zara's really, really far in the lead um, mm. with with those um, haul um, hashtags. Um, and we had an interesting debate, didn't we, Peter, about how fast fashion is Zara actually? Um, yeah. We disagreed a little bit there, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on your experience of, of Zara over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, you know, I really rate uh, Inditex and I, I always have. Um, so Inditex obviously owns Zara, Bershka, Pull and Bear, various. Anyway, so um, the reason so uh, back in yeah, I I've really looked at, at uh, Inditex probably or followed Inditex since. <laughs> God, this is so bad, but like <laughs> literally early early two thousands, right? So when I when I was broking, um, I, we were involved in some. I think it was the I don't. It wasn't the IPO, or it was some sort of fundraising anyway with Intertex. And I remember at the time I was kind of learning from zero. And the thing that really stuck with me was how good um, Zara is at going from design to clothes on the rack mm-hmm. in the shops within something like six weeks. Yeah. And it really stayed with me. And I always thought how impressive that was. Plus the fact at that point, the general thing was, um, you know, outsourcing of manufacturing. So you'd have the design and then generally most people would send it to China. China would manufacture it because this was back in the day when actually, you know, it was very cheap to manufacture in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd send it, you know, then, then eventually it, it gets into shops and and the problem with that is that that takes use that may take say three months yeah. or something or longer. So I always thought that it was really impressive how Zara managed to do that, and they managed to do that by manufacturing closer to their, you know, to to, to where the clothes are actually going to go. So um, so I thought this was really interesting, and I contrasted this with. Um, so I again, as it, when I was stockbroking, I used to um, visit uh, lots of different companies and trying to bring out, tease out stories from companies so that I could go back to investors and say, look, you know, I went to Japan for a week. I saw 20 cut because I usually see probably about five, actually usually try and see five, maybe six companies a day which was a nightmare by the way oh, and my brain was fried by the end of it but you know I so should go and see them try and bring out the you know what strategies were and then try to make you know think okay these are the ones that i would invest in and then and then communicate that with with uh, with with clients anyway so um i remember going to um uh, fast, uh, so fast retailing, which is the owner of Uniqlo, and I put this to them. I said, "Look, you know, you you're obviously one of your competitors is is Inditex. It does this this you know quick turnaround. Um, and you know, how do you, you know? Can you bring yours your turnaround quicker? And, and I remember at the time, and I I don't think it's that drastically different now. Is that um, what they do? Is if they get it right, they get it really right because they get the design." They send it, you know, they they uh, get it dis- um, and manufactured in China, and it gets manufactured in all different colours and all that kind of stuff. Then um, it goes into the shops. Now, if they get it right, they get it really right because they've got the volume, they they've got the distribution capacity, and everyone will buy it. Mm-hmm. But if they get it wrong, 
they get it really wrong because they got the wrong stuff, but in all different colours and things. So they then end up um, having to sell it all at discounted rates. Mm. But anyway, coming back to it, I do think that um, Inditex is, you know, continues to be impressive. I've always seen it as being uh, maybe a cut above. Uh, sorry about the pun there, but a cut <laughs> above um, the uh, some of the other, uh, uh, you know, of its rivals like H and M, etc. In terms mm. of um, in terms of quality and and things, because I know people who've who've had. I mean, I've I've had the odd thing from from Zara myself that thought the quality's you know decent, mm. but you disagree with me, don't you? You say no, Peter. No, I you do are disagree. Wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, I might have some really um, avid Zara fans listening today, which might make this a bit uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's inevitable that if you venture more into the fast fashion lane and start having, you know, 1.3 billion views on your videos of six different outfits, all made with Zara pieces, then you're going to have to start cutting corners on your production. So um, you've said that Inditex has always been, or at least, you know, with their Zara lines, have always been good at about six weeks, you know, production mm. to warehouse. It's now more like two to six weeks. And mm. to me, you can't go from designing something to making it, shipping it out in two weeks without occasionally things going wrong. Um, mm. So I know, like from experience, again, with my um, fashion savvy sisters, not myself, because I don't buy clothes, um, <laughs> with them buying clothes from Zara, um, I do think the quality has declined recently mm. um, in comparison to years before. And I used to always think, like you, in a, a few years ago, that Zara was a little bit more high end, at least uh, in the quality. I do think that, you know, if you walk into a Zara store, it feels a lot more... Um, I don't know, more curated karma. You never see like a rack of clothes fallen on the floor and all over the place. Like you might see in Bershka, you might see like a discount rail that's been like strewn all over the place where things are all a pound. Um, you wouldn't see that in Zara. Um, and they also have their Zara home branch, which I think elevates it slightly and makes it more accessible to not only, you know, teen buyers, but potentially those in their early 20s, late 20s even. Um, they have quite a, quite a lot of good business wear as well. So I think that means that they cater for a wider market. Um, so you're having a more of a range in, in the halls that you see um, on these platforms from, you know, seven, my week at the office, these are my outfits and, you know, seven things, outfits from Zara, but then also going clubbing, these are these outfits or whatever. So I think that they have the ability to, they have more range in what they're offering there. And it also has the presentation of being more high end. But I think and a lot of people don't seem to know that Zara's fast fashion. I'm still pretty convinced that a lot of people are not aware of this. And you think that it's not as bad fast fashion, but to me, all fast fashion is bad. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't really think that we can say that it's that different from other brands like ASOS and Bershka, because mm -hmm. I think as, as we're going to go through, as time goes on, if they continue to remain at this level of trending hype on all social media platforms, they are mm -hmm. going to have to cut corners and the quality is going to decline. And I think there will be more conversations about how sustainable are they really? Hmm. No, I think that is, it, it, that is, you know, a very interesting take on it. And um, I get, you know, I, I must say, I'd not really <clears throat> thought of it in those terms, but I, it, it certainly does make, it does make sense. Um, you know, what you're saying in terms of, potentially cutting corners and, and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, the, I mean, they continue, they continue to do well. And I, I, I would also add to your point about um, them doing homewares and stuff. Mm. I do think that that does elevate that yeah. you are right. And it does elevate uh, things. Cause I mean, 
you know, when you look at like really high end, um, uh, you know, fashion brands, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, Armani does, you know, you've got Armani home, you've got mm-hmm. you know, Versace and all those mm-hmm. kinds of, um, you know, all those kinds of designers, they all have quite established, um, you, you know, homeware, mm. uh, homeware stuff, yeah. which just gives it, it's that whole lifestyle. Yeah, that's thing, exactly what I was going to say. They're, they're, they want you to, you're not just buying the brand for the outfit. You're mm. turning your life into the Zara ideal model that they want you to have. It's it's much more profitable for them to do it that way, I assume as well. If you have the both of those two brands, the Zara home and the Zara traditional you know, clothing outlet must support each other massively because people think like, oh, I'll get these Zara candles, the Zara bed sheets, and then also have my Zara business attire and then my mm. weekend wear. You can, if you can find it all in one place, um, it's and it's more, you know, all of it aesthetically fits together. That's very attractive to consumers. Mm, mm. No, I agree. I agree. And um, so, I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, I, I would, I would still say that I, I still rate Inditex. I still think that they, what you know, what they've been doing is good. But like, I think that um, you know what you brought up that I didn't think of. I guess is is it's possible you're suggesting there's like a danger around the corner yeah um that if they don't if they don't start you know upping the quality and mm-hmm. paying more attention to their uh you know going uh, not going down the roads of, of fast fashion mm-hmm. um you know they need to do something sooner rather than later and yeah. maybe try to take advantage of the you know the uptick that they're you know that they're experiencing at the moment I guess yeah definitely I just think it's it's a slippery slope with um fashion halls of any even for non-fast fashion brands it is it's difficult because you stray into that unsustainable territory that you know then you know increases the cutting corners but then you do have the the occasional consumer who actually cares about the planet um, and wants to be more um eco-friendly and i mean that's why I, I was saying to you on our earlier zoom um that there was quite a lot of flack given to h&m not that long ago about them being a fast fashion brand and not being good enough mm. for the planet blah 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 and so they created their own sustainable eco line um and started marketing that very heavily i started seeing m- many more ads for that than i did anything else from their platform and I think mm-hmm. that might be one of the reasons why they have such a low number of views on this hashtag on TikTok compared to some mm-hmm. of the others similar to them, because I think they're not sponsoring mm-hmm. as many influencers because they don't want to be promoting this whole culture when they're also trying to claim they're sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering how that's clearly it's not working that well for them because Inditex is, is um, reporting higher profits. Um, but I'm intrigued to see going forwards if Zara is going to release some more sustainable edits and how they're going to fare on social media and if people are going to berate them as they should mm. for the controversial, for you know, mm. the, the hypocrisy there, or yeah. um, if people are going to praise it and say, wow, Zara's even more amazing. We've yeah. got all these beautiful outfits from the halls and now they're also great for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, that is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, uh, y- you know, we, obviously when, when we were talking before this um about we i thought it was also interesting to note how well um some apparel companies have done i mean obviously mm-hmm. they're not going to be on indotex's scale but yeah how um uh apparel companies have uh, have online only apparel companies have done yeah under lockdown i mean you had some very interesting stuff to say about that as well 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we talked a little bit about Gymshark, um, which we I think we've done podcasts on before because mm. they've done absolutely brilliantly with without having any stores and, and just mm. um, using um, social media influencers pretty much entirely to promote mm. their brand. And I, I mentioned a few other brands that have done the same, although for a little bit longer than Gymshark has. Um, companies like Fashion Nova, which isn't as well known in the UK, but is promoted mm. all across Instagram, especially in America. It seems that like every major influencer has done some brand deal with Fashion Nova in the past. And they are still mm. extremely popular, even though there have been scandal stories of um, really damaged garments or things fitting incorrectly or things being mm. of poor quality, um, because they recognize the power of influencer marketing earlier on, I think. Um, and um, I just think it's amazing to see there are so many brands that seem to be doing so much better with this model. And I really think it's because consumers believe that they have a better personal connection with the brand. If mm. they can see uh, an Instagram page with a couple million followers for the clothing brand they like, but when they leave a comment, they get an immediate response. Mm. It's much more appealing that way. To, they're seeing a, a photo, an image of the outfit that they like and then they're getting a response about their poor shipping time for something they've just ordered rather mm. than going through a, a chat box on one of the websites or going into store and talking to an understandably disgruntled re retail worker um I, I just think there's much there's much closer connection between the consumer and the brand it also enables the brand to keep track of the trends much easier if they're more present on social media than in store um and i just think that hub like fostering that really good communication between the consumers and um, and some of these fashion brands is really helping this huge uptick in growth that we're seeing at the moment. And I'm intrigued to see how that continues going forwards as we have more people coming back into stores and things. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's a yeah. trend here to stay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I suppose over time, you know, these these trends change, and you know, maybe yeah. this whole thing about the the um, the whole culture may have to change in order yeah. to to try to be more uh environmentally friendly so um so we shall see but you know you heard it here first uh <laughs> on the on the what's the daily podcast um uh, uh, starring gabby Carza. Oh, so thanks. so there you go <laughs> um but but there you go so um maybe watson's daily needs to um up, up its game and 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 it, you know sort of do some homework perhaps yeah um, but you know, to to talk about it being more of a a lifestyle choice. Although, funnily enough, we're going to be releasing some merch quite soon. Um, so so keep yeah, keep an eye out for that. It uh, all ties in. I can't wait to get Watson's <laughs> daily pillows, bed <laughs> sheets. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe electric vehicle. You know, oh why, why not? Why not? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so look, um, thank you very much, um, Gabby, for being on today. And um, uh, and uh, yes, also, thank you very much, especially thank you for the listeners uh, as well. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've, some of you may or may not have seen this on, on LinkedIn, um, but but we, we got to number two. This podcast um, got to number two um, in Great Britain um, for business news um on apple podcast so oh, amazing. Um, yeah so i just wanted to say thank you so much um for listeners for listening because obviously without you it wouldn't be there um and uh but also i'm very grateful for all of the ambassadors who um have been on um this podcast over over the last year or so Mm. Um, because again, without you, it wouldn't have been possible either. So, so I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, and I do hopefully please, uh, keep, keep, uh, 
listening i mean we've got more stuff coming up there's there's uh, there's um there're going to be a few more um special uh episodes coming up because i think to coincide with everyone returning uh to to their uh, academic institutions and things but actually it's not just for students either i mean there's there's uh this this content will be useful more so i think for a lot for students but also for young professionals mm-hmm. that will be really useful for you so um so anyway uh lots coming up um and uh we'll, we'll um uh we'll be back again oh the other thing as well as always it is thursday yes i know i'm an absolute genius for knowing what day of the week it is <laughs> um and it, there's the live at five call which may or may not be the last one of its type um, this evening. Um, so, so don't miss that. And then uh, 5.30, we will do um, the usual subscribers call for an hour. Um, the first call, the live at five on Instagram, that is just, I will pick out three different topics for the week and you can ask me any questions. Um, the 5.30 subscribers call is there. I will do a more comprehensive uh, overview of the week uh, and then uh, we uh, I, uh, we have uh, opportunity for discussion and Q&A but there you go that's what we got for you today I hope you enjoyed that thank you very much indeed once again Gabby for being on um, and uh, we or the podcast anyway uh, will be back tomorrow so thanks very much yeah thank you so much Peter all right, all right. bye-bye See ya. bye